0: Church. How's everybody doing? Come on, are you feeling feeling good about 2019 so far? My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here on staff and I'm excited to be able to to bring the first word of 2019 for Eastside City Church. Yeah. Well, that was it. We can go home. (laughs) Uh, The smell of new daytimers. Do you love it? Now, how about the the turning of a new calendar? You got to find maybe the the next theme for pictures. Maybe you got bought yourself a new calendar, uh, or or maybe it's it's the the smell, the smell at the gym or heavy breathing as people try and burn off an entire year's worth of overeating in one cardio session. Maybe maybe it's just the sheer determination rustling through the pantry as you are throwing out all of the junk food. Well, most of it. Some of it. The expired stuff, at least, right? And those tofu crackers. Like, why did you even buy those? Well, the, the, the new year, how, I don't know how it's going for you. I don't know if you kind of look back and you kind of are are seeing what you did and what you accomplished. Maybe you're feeling good. Maybe you you weren't too happy with 2018 and you're kind of looking forward to 2019 and putting a new start on things. And You kind of go all over the place with things. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're just like, you know, New Year's resolutions really haven't worked out for me in the past. I think I'm just, I'm going to just keep going with what I'm doing, make a couple changes along the way and uh, yeah, it's just, it's another year, it's, it's January, you're, you're excited the kids are going back to school, like, well, whatever it is. You now, I, I find that it, it's pretty easy to just compare. You compare kind of what happened last year. And I, I know for myself, I look back at some of the things that I didn't accomplish in 2018. I mean, I'm talking all the NFL, NHL games I had PVR'd and never watched. I'm talking about everything I've added to my Netflix list and I never got to heartbroken. If only there were more hours in the day, I could have gotten through all 15 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. So much lost time. What was I doing with my life? Or 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 maybe you you have some serious stuff and you You wanted to read your Bible more, and maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. You wanted to pray more, spend time more with your family. Maybe there's some other goals, but I know what happened to me. I went on Facebook, and I see Pastor Peter's Facebook post about 100 books that he read this past year. And I was thinking, what did I do with my life this year? I didn't read 100 books. I probably read like the same 10 books 100 times to my children but I'm not sure if a five-page book about race cars counts in the big scheme of things. I, it's so easy to compare, right? You go to the restaurant, and you, you, you order something, they order something, your order comes out. It doesn't look anything like the picture. You always order the picture because you want to know what it's going to look like, and yours doesn't look at all like the picture. But their food, their food looks amazing. Why didn't you just order what they ordered? Or you go to the same coffee shop, you went to the same coffee shop, but but you just got regular steamed milk on top, and there's no latte art. But she she got latte art, and hers is special, and she can Instagram about hers. You can't Instagram about yours. Man, there's so many things we, we can compare. But there, there's other things like family, right? You You can compare your family to somebody else's family. Oh, man. See, their kids, their kids walked in. Single file, right beside, from tallest to shortest, they walked in perfect line. How did they do that? You're just there. You're happy your kids' clothes aren't inside out. Some of us didn't even get there. I feel you. I'm there. Maybe it's like a job. You're there. You're daydreaming at your job. Meanwhile, the guy next to you, he's got the dream job, and he's just like, man, what did, what happened? Like, this was supposed to work out, but it, it didn't. Maybe you're like a student at school, and you're like, man, like I'm fighting for every grade that I get, and nothing is coming easy. But this person, they didn't even study. They did, they just pulled they, like they just threw something together. They threw that essay together. It was nothing. They got an A, and I, what? It's not even fair. It's so easy to compare. You know, today I want to I want to talk about running your race. Running your race. I'm not talking about getting your runners on and let's start running around the building. No, I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about being accountable with and stewarding what God has put right in front of you. Uh, Running your race. What God has put before you. Running your race. Running a race could be parents raising their children to follow Christ. It could be the businessman or woman working with integrity and excellence and not envying what the business down the street is doing. It could be the student just working hard at their studies, what they've been called to do, what they're working on was running your race. I'll be honest with you. I have reached other people's goals. I have boughten their possessions raced their ambitions because I was busy looking at their race. I have I've been filled with pride I've been complacent at times and even judgmental when I looked back and said oh I'm doing better than them. I'm doing okay. I can take it easy. We are called to run our race and when we don't run our race, we lose out on what God has put right in front of us in this moment. And could we turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12? Because I believe that the Apostle Paul shares three keys that can help us today when we talk about running our race. Paul loves the analogy of running. He uses it in a number of his letters to different churches throughout the area. And he, he's always talking about, hey, we've got a race to run. We run with, with what God's been giving you. And this is, this is one of those times. You know, he would have, He would have had a, a lot of experiences where he would have had to work on running his race. And he writes to the church in Philippi who has been dealing with this issue of comparison. There are some people who love comparing their life to other people's lives, really feeling like they can one-up somebody else, and those people are called Pharisees. And Paul addresses the Pharisees and says, Hey, whoa, hang on, guys. Don't, Don't get caught up in the comparison trap. Don't get caught up looking at what somebody else is doing Focus on Christ. And Paul admittedly says that with some authority because he was a Pharisee at some point. He did live that life. And after having a radical life transformation, experiencing and knowing Christ, he realizes that that's what he wants to pursue going forward. He's all in. So he writes to the believers in the church and really says this. His relationship with God is central. And he starts in verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Can I pray just before we go any further? Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. God, we've been here before. We've heard the New Year's resolution messages. We've read the books. We've, we've memorized the cute quotes. But God, we just we realize that it all comes down to you. We realize that we can, get, we can get things messed up, mixed up. We can become confused. And so, God, would you help us today just to be reminded, be reminded of the simplicity of just following you today, keeping our focus center stage on you, God. I thank you for this. In your name, amen. Well, uh, a while back, I realized that if I was going to continue to pursue my love for pizza and junk food, I would need to exercise. I would need to take up some sort of challenge uh, in order to continue to enjoy this food. And so uh, I signed up for a race. I thought, yeah, okay, what am I going to do? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to sign up for a running race. I'm going to run. Yeah, that would be great. And so I signed up for a 10-kilometer night race. At that time, at that time, there were no fancy obstacle course races where you get covered in mud and throw javelins and run over people. No, the the races you had are you could run in the winter, you could run in the summer, you could run during the day, or you could run at night. Wow. So with all of those options, I chose the summer run at nighttime because I thought, who doesn't want to be running a 10-kilometer race, at nighttime, alone in a park. What could possibly go wrong? And so I, I signed up for this race, and I, I trained for it, but I really wasn't prepared for what I would meet on race day. I wasn't prepared when there were hundreds of other racers there, and then immediately I was like, oh, they look like a runner. I do not feel like a runner right now. They, they definitely look like a runner, they even got running shoes. They've got the name brand running shoes. I was going to buy those. But, I uh, yeah, and you're, you're, si- you're immediately sizing everybody up. The next thing I know, the gun goes off. Everybody's running. Well, actually, it's kind of like a walk because we're all kind of like packed in there like sardines. But we're, we're all trying to get through there, and, and I knew what I wanted to do. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find somebody who's slightly faster than me and I'm just going to follow them throughout the whole race and then in some incredible epic moment at the end, I will pass them and win the race. So that, that was my plan, and I found the person. I found the person I was going to follow for the entire race, and they, they were tall, and legs just went on forever, and I was like, this is the person. I'm going to follow them the entire race, and so they're weaving around people, and I'm weaving around people. They're going up on the side. I'm going up on the side. They're jumping over people. I'm going underneath people's legs, and we we are going, and we're doing this race. And I'm like, I'm on it. Like, I'm, like, we're two minutes into this race, and I'm like, this is, we're going all the way. We're going for glory, first and second, right? here and, and I'm feeling good until all of a sudden like I hear, hear like a therapy session going on over and I look beside me and they are like two girls and they're talking about their boyfriends and they really want them to be vegans but they're not vegans and it's, it's live, bad life choices and they're, they're ready to cry I'm like get a Kleenex or something for these guys and next moment I look over and the guy I was following is like way ahead. I'm like no way. No way am I gonna let that happen. So I, I start running faster. I'm like, okay, it is on. I'm gonna catch this guy. Just got distracted. No worries. I'm coming after him. I'm like, this is the way to do it because he's gonna cut the wind for me. I'm gonna be more aerodynamic. I'm gonna save energy because I'm using my brain for this race. That's why I'm gonna win first. And I'm going, and I'm about 30 seconds into sprinting after this guy, and I realize, no, I can find somebody else to follow. You know what? Let him have it. I'll let him have it. You know what? First, I didn't really want first anyways. I'll find somebody else. Find somebody who's walking. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that the entire race. You know, I, uh, I realized what was significant about that race. Is it was one of the challenging moments of comparison for me. Where I went in there and there were people who were way better than me. And people who, who were not as good. And you're constantly comparing yourself. And what the Apostle Paul, the point he's trying to get through to the church, what he's trying to get through to us is, hey, don't compare your race. Don't compare your race. He says, not that I've already obtained all this. I press on. I press on. And that's the thing that we're going to do in life. There's so many times when we can compare our life to somebody else's life. And well we're going to do it on the good or the bad extreme. We can either look over and we can be like, oh man, they prayed three hours a day. They went through their one-year Bible reading plan in three months. I mean, they, they are praying and they go to Wednesday night prayer every Wednesday. I can't even, am I even saved? And you're going through there and you, just, you feel the burden, you feel guilty. Man, I'm not measuring up to that. Or or on the flip side, we look back. We can cross over to somebody else's race and be like, well, I'm further ahead than them. Did you see them trying to discipline their children at church? (sighs) I'm feeling pretty good right now. we, We can compare. Compare our jobs. Compare our grades. Compare vehicles. Compare marriages. Compare all sorts of things. Paul's saying, focus on your race, don't compare your race. In 2 Corinthians 10, 12, 13, he says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us. He's saying, we've been given a race. Run your race. Don't be looking across at somebody else's race. And that got me thinking. That got me thinking because what if the Apostle Paul had run somebody else's race? What if he had looked over at Peter who hung out with Jesus? And obviously Peter's got to know what he's doing. And and what if he just said, you know what, I'm just going to hang out with Peter for my entire ministry life. I'm not going to go abroad. I'm not going to go see some of these other places. I'm sure other people will do those things. What if he had just stayed there and run somebody else's race? There are parts of the New Testament that we wouldn't have written. You're called to run your race. We don't know the impact that you'll have of running your race instead of somebody else's. I hope, I hope that we're not satisfied. I hope that we never get to these points where we're satisfied because we've looked over at somebody else and we're saying, well, we'll just wait for them to catch up. And I hope we're not beating ourselves up because we haven't, we haven't been called to something that somebody else has been. Run, run your race. There's, a, there's another point that Paul makes here. He says this, but I focus on this one thing. Focus on this one thing. Not looking back, but looking ahead to what lies ahead. What lies ahead is his relationship with God. What lies ahead is knowing more of Christ and his power. In your race, when you're running your race, the fight to compare your race is going to be there. And the next thing that Paul says here is to focus on your race. Ladies, uh, how many times have you asked a guy, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's just a friend, that's, that's a guy, and you've been there and you're trying to get their attention. Maybe you asked them to watch some children and they were present, but the TV was on. And so their bodies were there, but their minds were far from it. You have those moments where we, we can be present, we can be living life, but, but maybe we're not all there. Maybe we're not focused in. There can be a lot of distractions. Paul knew what distractions were about. He had distractions about his past, the things that he regretted doing. He, he had distractions from other Christians who felt like he, he wasn't doing what he should be doing. And he had distractions from people who were not Christians who were just out to get him. There are all sorts of distractions, but yet he says this, I focus on the one thing. In Luke 10, there's a story of of two people, Mary and Martha, and they're hanging out with Jesus one evening. And Martha, she's got to clean the house, right? Because anytime you have company over, you want the house to be perfect and spotless, just like it is all week, right? Right? And so Martha's in there, and she, she cleaned the bathrooms, and she's doing dishes, and she's running the dishwasher. She ran a couple loads of laundry, and she's working hard, making sure that Jesus, you know, Jesus gets the treatment. And Mary, but Mary's just off hanging with Jesus. And, man, that's annoying. It's always annoying. You get that one person that isn't pulling their load. But Jesus says this, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Indeed, only one. Jesus is saying, just focus on me. I like this scene in the Karate Kid where the kid, he's trying to learn karate, and he's just failing. And the master's like, hey, you need more focus. And He's like, I am focusing. And he turns to him and says, well, your focus needs more focus. <laughs> did, did your gym teacher or your coach ever teach you how to balance? You ever have those moments in in phys ed? I remember them clearly. I had to talk to my therapist a couple times about them. Uh, I remember those times. If you have a nice gym teacher, they'll just let you lay down on the ground and stretch however you need to. But every once in a while, you get that one drill sergeant who's just like, all right, quad stretch, quad stretch. All right, one leg up. You're like, oh, no. And you know, all the girls, all the girls, they're like nice. They're like, oh, we you hold on to my shoulder? And I'll hold on to her shoulder? And we'll just make this. We'll hold on to each other's shoulders. We'll all hold each other up. It'll be so good. Then <laughs> all the guys are like, don't touch me. <laughs> you're, you're there, and you're like trying to balance. You're like, all right, I got this. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got the hold. We got the hold. Oh, it's going down. Oh, I'm stretching something. This is not what I'm supposed to. And you just, you start bouncing. You're like, is he dancing? And you're just like, ah. You're going Finally, your gym teacher has, like, sympathy on you. It's just like, ah, oh, pull it. Pull it. Come on. Pull yourself together. I'm trying. You're just, you're, like, waving at this point. You're going around. You're, like, hitting other people. Ah, oh, you're, like, pulled out your back. You're like, I'm not stretching anything right now. This is horrible. This should be abuse. And, and then the gym teacher comes over. Ah, oh, pull it. Just stare at that dot on the floor. You're kind of, you're wobbling. All of a sudden, you're just like, is that like a magic dot or something? I don't know. And then you're like, oh, oh, it worked. Yeah, there's so many things in life that I wonder if they would just get worked out if we focused on the right thing. How many things in life do we focus on? And God's just saying, if you focus in on me, the other things will come into alignment. The other things are going to work out. I realize realize that this is simple. I realize that this is not brand new, life-changing. But maybe we just need to be reminded to focus on him. Maybe we just need to bring it back. Because I know this. I think that there's a lot of us who are good at focusing. You're like, Michael, I have good focus. But maybe what you're focusing in on isn't what God's actually called you to focus in on. Like you're focusing in on somebody else's race. You're focused in on somebody else's goals. You're focused on what somebody else has been called to instead of focusing on what God has called you. Run your race. Don't compare your race. Focus on your race. Well, there's, there's a race, and so I, I, I'm running my 10K race, and I'm feeling pretty good, but there, there were two times when I really wanted to quit, two times when I was like, that's it, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready to call it quits, I'm ready to walk, I'll take the walk of shame, walk across the, the street or something, go home, the first one, the, the first one was when there's, a, there's the 5K, and what I didn't know, 5K and 10K race, is that they just had a 5K lap and they made you run around twice if you're doing the 10K. And so I get I get to the five k marker and I'm looking up ahead. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's like kind of dark, and all I see is I see mass groups of people veering off to this one path, and then and then every once in a while there'd be a, a person that would trickle over to this other path. And I was like, wow, that that path looks horrible. Like, where are they going? That's lonely. And, and, and so I'm going there and I'm like jogging towards it and, and this path is over there and there's lights and, and people are laughing and they're they're cheering and you can hear the MC in the background alright guys so glad you finished the race good job everybody go get your food go get your snacks oh isn't it great good job and they're celebrating the DJ is rocking music I'm like yeah that, that sounds great why wouldn't everybody take that path and then as I get closer I see the sign. See the sign. 5k finish line, 10 kilometers. second lap, with one lonely musician playing the violin sadly. I've got to take that route? Why can't I take that route? Everybody's taking that route. That route is filled with happy thoughts and enthusiasm. This route is depressing. And so uh, that, that was the first time I wanted to quit. The second time I wanted to quit was I, I kept track of the kilometer markers. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right, keeping track. I get to kilometer seven. I start running kilometer seven, and I get to a point where I'm like, where's kilometer eight? I feel like I should have hit kilometer eight. Like, I. I don't know what's wrong, and it felt like an eternity. To this day, I don't know what happened to kilometer marker 8. It disappeared. I know because I was looking very hard for it. I wanted to know what it was, looked behind a couple trees, was ready to look in some garbage cans. Like I'm like, where did kilometer 8 go? Because I feel like I've been traveling forever. I don't know where it went. I just remember hitting kilometer 9, being like, there was no kilometer eight. But at that moment, I remember wanting to quit. I remember being like, this is the longest thing. Why would anybody want? Why did I even sign up for this race? I should have, I should have just gone and finished at the 5K. I still would have been finishing the 5K. Admirable. I mean, I could pat myself on the back, go home. I didn't really quit the 10k I just downgraded to the 5k and come on that's still a good day we can go home and celebrate And man it's so easy it's so easy to want to quit and that's just a race that's not a big deal well, those things can happen any day but what about life well what about in your life well aren't there times when you just want to quit and by quit I mean this. You just kind of begin to to zone out. You you begin to just kind of put aside and you, you say, Well, I know why I should be parenting better, but it's difficult. Now I know that I, I should have purity in this relationship and in my life, but it I just I don't know, I think I'm done. Just a, a couple compromises. In the same way, you can begin to walk in the literal race. You begin to just walk through your life. And you're there, but not really there. And what God has put in front of you, what he's called you to steward, you're not really stewarding. Where he's called you to grow in maturity, you've you've kind of just settled there. Craig Rochelle, he says this, We overestimate how much we can do in the short term and underestimate how much we can do in the long run. And Paul makes this final plea for us to not quit our race when he says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. I press on. I don't give up. I don't quit. I keep going. Yeah, as you continue your journey in 2019, the question I have is are you running your race? Are you running your race? Can we close our eyes all across this place? I wanna just ask the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you where you're at. Maybe you know, maybe you know that there are big changes you need to make in your life. Habits you need to kick, addictions I need to, clear out well maybe you came in here and you're just like no there's not big things that need to change but you know there's kind of a few things you can adjust God today is just saying run your race doesn't matter whether it's big changes or small changes don't don't compare your race focus on your race don't quit your race What's God called you to do today, this week, this year, in your lifetime? We can sometimes look at everything that we want to accomplish in our lifetime and feel like we have to to complete it overnight. But just keep running. Just keep putting the steps in front of you. See what happens. Maybe you feel guilty because you're looking at what God has called somebody else to do and you feel like you should be doing those same things. Maybe you feel burdened down trying to carry somebody else's calling. Or maybe you have an overinflated ego because you're comparing yourself to somebody else who's not where you're at. Run your race today. Yeah, make plans, have ambition, work hard. But run the race that God has set before you. Maybe the the best thing you can do today is take a deep breath, focus on Christ, and say, God, I'm ready to run my race this week. I'm ready to focus on you. Maybe it's thinking about your family, maybe it's focusing in on marriage. But in all of that, keeping Christ center. The beautiful thing that happens is that as we as believers come together and we run our individual races, there's this this beautiful tapestry that happens. We begin to bump shoulders with other people. We encourage them, we build them up, we challenge each other. And all of a sudden, What was our race is something that can be used to build an entire community, to build an entire church. So run your race today. Father God, all across this place, I just pray that you would be with us. Would you help us to run our race? Would we be aware of the pursuit of you in every area? Father God, whether... Would the people came in here and they feel great about last year, great about this year, God? Would would they just be encouraged to continue to run the race, God? For some who've come in here and, man, they're feeling beat up. They're feeling like life is beating them up. They've been comparing. We've been out of focus, God. I know the challenge. So, Lord, would we just be reminded to focus and run our race?